60 million lives have been lost due to abortion. Millions of mothers led astray by the abortion industry. Divorce, sex trafficking, and infertility are at an all-time high. Entering into a movement where this is the evil we face can seem extremely difficult. But I believe that great change is simply a series of small things done consistently. Together, we will learn how to do the small things for the pro-life movement. And together, we will end abortion one baby step at a time. I'm your host, Hope, and this is the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. I love getting to hear new stories of different activists that I don't know that well. I know in passing some random times, but I don't really know them as well as I would like to. So I love this podcast to be able to do just that. So today's guest I have met in passing a couple times. His name is Mark Lee Dixon, and he serves as the as a the director, sorry, the director of Right to Life East Texas and the founder of Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn Initiative, which is so cool. And I want to learn more about that as well. Mark is perhaps best known for leading 67 cities and three countries across the United States in the passing of enforceable ordinances outlawing abortion within city limits. So sounds like you're very busy. Also, side note, I'm very terrible with bios. I trip over myself all the time. So even when I give speeches, I just toss the paper to the side. I can't do it for the life of me. Um, And then according to Washington Times, Dixon may have also been the first to have been sued in a defamation lawsuit by the abortion industry for calling abortion murder. Really? You were... Huh. All right. I'm going to have to hear more about that. Uh, in February of 2023, so recently, the Supreme Court of Texas decided on in Dixon's favor, which is great. We love Texas. I wish I was from there. Got some friends down there. Dixon was also the only non-government actor named as a defendant in the federal lawsuit regarding the Texas Heartbeat Act, which was heard before the Supreme Court of the United States. In December of 2021, all nine justices agreed that the case against Dixon should be dismissed. This year, Dixon has been featured in two books, The Story of Abortion in America, A Street-Level History of 1652 through 2022, by Marvin Olasky, Olasky, and Leah Savis. I think that I'm pronouncing those okay. If I'm not, let me know. <laughs> and then published by Crossway and Roe, The History of a National Obsession by Mary Ziegler, published by Yale University Press. So it sounds like you're very busy. You're very active. I want to hear more about that just from you. Again, like I said, I'm terrible with bios. So <laughs> thank you for coming on and getting through that with me as I stammered over all of my words. <laughs> Hey, you're great. Love your show. And it's just great to be here. So uh, I've got to see a number of uh, friends of mine uh, go on your show and uh, enjoyed those uh, those segments. And and just great to be here. Great to, to have some pro-life fellowship. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about this show is just all the different people I'm connecting with and creating relationships with. Uh, I just had AJ Hurley on a little while ago, and he suggested you and Jeff White to come on. So I had both of you on immediately trusting his word. And um, it's been it's been really fun to do so. So I'm glad that you're you're enjoying it. So, Mark, what was your first real tug to get involved in the pro-life movement? Well, 
it all started when my family would take me to the Gregg County Fair. And the Craig County Fair, my grandfather would have a booth there and the booth would be Rights Life of East Texas. And they would have these little fetal models. And I would hold those fetal models from a very young age. And, and I just remember thinking, this is a human life, uh, that this, this is a baby. Year after year, that kept on uh, just being a huge uh, impact to me and and then my grandfather uh, ended up, he passed away of cancer in 2006. I wanted to get involved in something he was involved in. And so I got involved with Rights Life of East Texas, became a director, and I've been fighting for life uh, ever since. That's awesome. So very similarly, I also, um, my grandpa passed away back in 2021, so more recently, but same thing. He was very involved in the pro-life movement. And so it's very cool to be following in his footsteps and working alongside, you know, him and, and many of his colleagues. So I was, um, that's, that's interesting that we have that, that part in common. That's very cool. So with this kind of new passion for the movement, what did you, what did you do with it? Where did you go first? That kind of thing. Well, at first, it was just being involved in what Right to Life of East Texas was involved in. Uh, and so we had uh, a yearly a garage sale that we would do and a yearly banquet and, and different educational initiatives. And I would take part in those. But eventually, I found myself going to the sidewalk of the closest abortion facility uh, in Longview's in East Texas. And so the closest abortion facility for us was actually uh, not Dallas, but uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And so I would cross the border to Shreveport, Louisiana, spend about three days a week, usually over there, sometimes eight hours a day, just sharing my heart uh, with the mothers over there that were planning on getting an abortion. And the messaging was always the same. It was that they could be a great mother to that child and that if there was anything that we could do to help food, clothing, a place to live, that we were willing to help them out. And so we saw number of lives saved and, you know, we got to, to just share the, the hope of Jesus Christ with those mothers. And then the ones that did have an abortion, we would share the hope of forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and offer the same things if they they need anything that we were there to to help that's so awesome that's very cool i've been hearing a lot of stories of sidewalk advocacy and just a little a couple weeks over i was uh i i haven't done much sidewalk advocating in my activism and so i'm not properly trained but i was kind of watching the lady who i was there with and how she does it she's she's she learned from sidewalk advocates and she she was doing such a great job. But for me, I turned to my mom when I was there. I was like, I'm like nauseous. Like, this is so sad. I saw nine women in the span of an hour walk into this clinic and it was just heartbreaking. And so to be able to go on the streets, um, you know, week after week for three days at a time and have the endurance to continue doing what you're doing. I'm sure there were times where you didn't see a walk away or something, or maybe you, maybe you never did. Maybe Maybe you always saw somebody walk away, but needless to say, for the hour that I was out there, it was very heavy and very hard. And 
I honestly, I commend you for the, the activism that you've done in regards to that. Cause that is hard. I hope to get out there again, but it was definitely one of the toughest forms of activism I've done. Well, and I think it, if it's not uncomfortable for us, then it's a problem. I think uh, to go to a place where babies are being murdered, uh, it's not anything that I'm never comfortable when I'm out there, you know, and I'm so grateful for all the different groups like sidewalk advocates for life and 40 days for life. They do amazing work. And, and I'm very grateful for the ways that both of them uh, do things and, and thank God that we're not all the same. Uh, right. The body of Christ uses different approaches. And sometimes, uh, you know, there's there's a need for people just praying. And other times there's a need for people uh, reaching out um, and, and just sharing a, a, a compassionate message. And, and I think that I'm just grateful that there's diversity in the pro-life movement and we always work better together than in opposition to one another. So absolutely. Very You're absolutely right. So I want to hear a bit more about your activism in regards to being sued for referring to abortion as murder. Tell me more about that. How did that happen? What happened? How did it get resolved? Tell me more. Well, it really spun out of the ordinances being passed in communities across Texas and then later the United States, but but it all started with the ordinances in Texas. And so the city of Wascombe, which is on the Texas-Louisiana border, there was an abortion facility at one time looking at coming there and open up shop. And we ended up seeing an ordinance passed there, a Ordinance was written, and uh, that was passed by the Wascombe City Council. That ordinance referred to these abortion assistance groups as criminal organizations, and they were not allowed to do business in the city. And so I was making those statements that these abortion groups like the Lilith Fund and the T-Fund and the Athia Center that right. they were uh, they were involved in the murder of innocent children. And that under the pre-Roe v. Wade statutes, which had never been repealed, uh, that they were criminal organizations. They didn't like that. Yeah, no kidding. And so they decided to sue me on the one-year anniversary of the city of Wascombe passing an ordinance outlawing abortion. You know, I thought it was interesting because when I looked at that uh, lawsuit, they had already sued the cities before. They sued seven cities before, and that lawsuit lasted three months. That lawsuit was uh, withdrawn from the, by the ACLU, and so we're thinking, okay, well, things are done. But that's when they decided to come after me. They wow. couldn't stop the cities, and so they they said, we got to stop Mark Lee Dixon. Uh, when I saw this lawsuit, I was happy. I was really? ecstatic uh, because what a great honor it is to be sued for saying abortion is murder. And I believed this statement with all my heart. And I made these statements such as they had to put some billboards up that said abortion is freedom. And they did that in Wascombe. And, and the news rushed over to me and they asked me, uh, what my thoughts were on that. And if, if the, that was in violation of the ordinance, I said, that's not in violation of the ordinance. We didn't 
ban freedom of speech. Uh, we ban the murder of innocent children. And that's what these groups are involved with. They can't murder innocent children. And so they asked me, the news media asked me specifically about my thoughts on that statement, abortion is freedom on those billboards. And I said, well, abortion is freedom in the same way that a wife killing her husband would be freedom. Abortion is murder. And I just doubled down. I wasn't going to back up from from equating the actions of these groups. And and I'd also I made statements like so the Lilith Fund was one of these groups based out of Austin, Texas. Well, the Lilith Fund, they're named after a demon that preyed on women and children. And so what a perfect name for an abortion organization. Um, I mean, obviously, the abortion industry, they're not good at coming up with names uh, like us pro-lifers are because we we have to come up with names because we right. we have to name babies. Um, but the abortion industry doesn't have to do that. So maybe they come up with all these bad names. But anyways, we saw we saw this play out in the courts. There was two lawsuits filed in Dallas and there was one lawsuit filed in Austin. The two lawsuits in Dallas were merged together. I lost. Dallas ruled against me. They said I shouldn't be able to say this, that that this really was defamation to say that these abortion assistance groups were involved in the murder of innocent children. Well, Austin said the same thing. And so we took those on appeal. Dallas Appeals Court, they ruled against me too. And Austin Appeals Court, well, they would have ruled against me, but things get backed up in Austin quite a bit. And when things get backed up, the Texas Supreme Court moves cases around. My case got moved to the Amarillo Appeals Court and Amarillo sided with me. And so that created what's called the circuit split. And so I could say abortion is murder in West Texas, but I couldn't say abortion is murder in East Texas. And that led the Texas Supreme Court to get involved to settle the matter. And the Texas Supreme Court unanimously sided in my favor, to which I was grateful for. And that case has been cited left and right uh, since that r ruling in February. So it's a it's a case that I think is going to be cited, you know, many years to come, probably after I pass away. But I'm so grateful that we got to to stand on that simple truth. And the attorney general here in Texas, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton, uh, he ended up coming to my defense as well. Oh, wow. And, and so before the Texas Supreme Court, uh, he he had a over 30 page brief that was all the different ways that we could say abortion is murder yeah. uh, in, here in Texas, all different reasons uh, for uh, being able to say that. And so I'm just so, so grateful that uh, live in a state like Texas uh, that is standing for life. And we've got to continue to stand for life because this post row world in which we live we can't go backwards. Uh, we've we've had bad leadership in Texas before. We at one time, Ann Richards was governor of Texas. You know, the mother of Cecile Richards of uh, Planned Parenthood fame. And we don't want to go backwards. We want to go forwards, and we want to see 
New Mexico and Illinois and California and New York pass laws just as strong as Texas. Uh, we're ready for pro-life America. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I love I love Texas. Um, you know, I had Lauren on and she just she always hypes Texas up for their protection of the unborn and everything. But it sounds like it definitely has its little bit of crazy, too, with your story in regards to this lawsuit, which is crazy to me. I think that there's a lot of contradictions within the pro-choice movement that are just coming more and more to light for me. And I want to like expose them in some way, shape or form, because like your story, like that, it it doesn't make any sense, you know, for them, obviously. And uh, obviously, I side with you 100% on the abortion is murder. And I commend you for standing your ground, even when it was really difficult. And I'm going to circle back to that in a second. But also this controversy or hypocrisy, 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 however you want to pronounce it, in regards to the justice for the five, for example, I mean, the FD, uh, you know, the FBI has been called on the some of the, the activists, the pro-life activists, and they've come to their house, but they will not, you know, arrest this doctor. It just these little con- um, contradictions are just driving driving me crazy. Needless to say, and so you know, one day we will find the truth, and and people will see how crazy abortion is. But you know, for you, somebody like you, I'm going to circle back to another point you made. Why did you decide to stand firm on that abortion is murder? Like, obviously, obviously, we agree that it's truth, but, you know, they sued you. So why did you, I I want for the listeners, and I guess myself, why did you decide, you know what, this is a battle, you know, hell I'm going to die on? Why did you decide that? Well, I remember when I got the letter from the attorneys representing the abortion assistance groups. And when I read that the Lilith Fund, an organization named after a demon that preys on women and children, that they were asking me to recant my statements, you know, not today, Satan. Uh, I'm not going to bend the knee to the will of a organization named after a demon that preys on women and children. I'm going to stand firm because... Human life begins at the point of conception. I had taken many mothers who I met on the sidewalk of that abortion facility in Shreveport to early view ultrasound in Longview, Texas. And I saw those babies for myself. And the more ultrasounds I see, the more heartbeats I hear, uh, the more solidified I become that we are on the right side of history. It is a horrible thing that we live in a country that allows the murder of innocent children. And people have to stand up. We need pastors from coast to coast to stand up and say, not today. That it's not going to happen in our cities. It's not going to happen in our counties. It's not going to happen in our state. It's not going to happen in America. And some people are upset with me right now because I'm not just willing to let this let Texas uh, just end there. No, we, we still have to pass good, solid pro-life legislation in Texas. Uh, this past Friday, we passed an ordinance in Mitchell County that makes it illegal for abortion traffickers to use the roads in Mitchell County. People said, don't you think that's a little extreme? And my response is simple, that abortion is extreme. Like groups here in Texas paying 
for people to have an abortion in New Mexico. I don't like that. I don't like, you know, assassins for hire, uh, you know, this whole, this whole network of the abortion industry. I want it to come to an end. I want to see the abortion assistance groups sued into oblivion. Yes, absolutely. No, I'm totally with you on that. And I think that you're absolutely right. I know there's some, you know, debate um, within the pro-life movement, maybe not even within, but, you know, on the outside coming in or whatever it may be of, okay, well, if we pass a national heartbeat bill, would you be okay with that? I'm like, no. Okay, well, if we passed just the abortion pill, would you be okay with that? No. What if only rape and incest? I'm like, no, no abortion. And I know people think that that's extreme. I get that, especially to somebody who is pro-choice. They can't imagine a world without it. And they're thinking, oh, this crazy 18-year-old girl who's never been pregnant a day in her life, or for you, maybe, you know, you've had it thrown at you, you're a man, you wouldn't know what it's like kind of thing. And I'm sure my grandpa had that too. But no, I think that abortion, period, needs to be illegal. If you are dismembering an unborn child, if you are poisoning an unborn child, if you are blocking this child off from nutrients within the womb and then somehow disposing of that baby that needs to be absolutely 100% illegal for a numerous amount of reasons but the very 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 basic reason of just it is murder and we do not live in a savage society so why are we allowing something like abortion which is incredibly savage to be so common and like accepted and quote-unquote empowering I mean it's it's absolutely mind-blowing to me And so, yeah, I don't think that you're too extreme. I think that you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. And I think that anything we can do to get us to a point where abortion is completely outlawed, we need to be doing. So, again, I commend you for that. Guys, it is so important that we do the simple things for the pro-life movement. One simple thing that you can do today is supporting this show. There are a couple ways to do that. The first is leaving a rate and review. The second is sharing it with your friends and family. And the third is donating to the show. In the description of the show, there is a link that you can click on that allows you to make a donation. All of these things help me a ton with being able to share this show with more people, getting more people involved in the pro-life movement, and ultimately ending abortion. I want to thank you all for your generosity. It means a lot to me. And now, back into the episode. It's very impressive. So it's good to know. Uh, I, I 100% agree that the, you know, just the fundamental, I was asking my grandma, she was one of the first person to come on the podcast and they were sued uh, for, the, I think the trial went on for like 30 years and their house, they had to put their house up as collateral. So if they lost, they would have lost their house too. And so I was asking her, you know, why did you stick with activism? You had tons of kids, you were going to lose your house. And she just said that we really believed in the message. And it sounds like you have the very same thing going on for you too. You just, you really believe in the message, which is so, so good. Well, it's, the, it's what we've been commanded to do. Uh, the greatest commandment, love Lord our God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love our neighbors as ourselves. And, and these are our neighbors that are being killed. And if we're to truly love our unborn neighbors and even our born neighbors who are considering abortion, then we've got to stand up and we've got to say, no, you cannot have an abortion in any case, in any circumstance that abortion must end. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I'm with you on that. So 
My next question for you is how has this activism impacted your life? Every aspect of my life has been affected by this battle. I get calls from reporters and texts from reporters and emails from reporters on a regular basis. Uh, The statements I make on Facebook and Twitter end up uh, in lawsuits. Uh, I'm quoted a lot. And so every little thing that I say could show up in a story in the Washington Post or Mother Jones or New York Times. And it's, it's, it's a bit surreal. Yeah. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm mindful of that. Uh, when I'm out in public, I get some people walk up to me, they recognize me and it's a good thing. And some people recognize me as a bad thing. And that definitely affects how I live my life. I get a lot of hate mail. Uh, I get a lot. I mean, there's some, you know, thank you mail as well, but I do get a lot of hate mail. Uh, I do get death threats. It's weird seeing, um, you know, sometimes I get dead animals, you know, Uh, those are not things I want. They send a note when they send the dead animals or how does that work? Well, uh, sometimes there's, there's, you know, statements and, and other, and there's been situations where we've had to turn things over, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where we are dealing with people that believe it should be okay to murder children. And if they believe it's okay to murder children, uh, they are not in their right mind. These are people and some of these organizations they're just very dark and demented, and that's what we're up against. And so it makes sense that we would receive some hate and pushback from wanting to end such a vile and despicable practice here in America. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. And so in a lot of ways, you've received a lot of different media presence and things like that, and you've been quoted a lot, and I can see easily why. Do you believe that, well, do you work, you work full time in the movement, correct? So I've only been home one day this year so far. So I go nonstop. I'm in hotel rooms uh, or, you know, different, occasionally I'll stay with someone I know, but, but usually, yeah, I'm on the road constantly. So what are you doing when you're on the road? Well, um, I do this all the time. I don't really have much of a social life. Uh, I write ordinances and, you know, read lawsuits and uh, look at ways that we can shut down the abortion industry. And so uh, this is my life. And it's, it's challenging at times, uh, because when I'm going, I'm in Atlanta, Texas right now, but, you know, on Sunday, I plan on being in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, and so I'm, here one day and in another state, I mean, I'll be in Arizona and Virginia and Illinois uh, all this next month, just going place to place. And, and I may not be home uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, So this, this whole year, I may only be home one day, who knows, but it's worth it. Uh, There's a battle before us, uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned did not make my life more free. It made my life insanely busy because there's a lot of work to be done in America and in Illinois, especially. 
so much work. And there's people that are willing to stand up and do something. I've been really blessed by Quincy, Illinois. We're getting so many people from, from there in Adams County sign an online petition saying that they want to see their city become a sanctuary city for the unborn. And we're working to that end. And one day we do hope to see the state of Illinois be a state that is abortion free. We would and, love that. Big fan of that. Yeah. Really? It's uh, it's crazy over here. I'm not sure if you knew. I'm from Chicago. So anytime you're over here, just let me know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's I mean, abortions have skyrocketed by 54% in Illinois since the overturning of Roe. So we have become a sanctuary state for abortion. And that's crazy to me. And minors can get abortions. And you know, we, you don't need a necessarily like an abortion doctor to do it. Other medical professionals can, which makes no sense. And really, there's there's really no restrictions on abortion, ultimately. Yeah, now that I think about it, there's like literally no restriction on abortion in Illinois. And it's crazy and it's scary. And abortion needs are happening left and right. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that because the nearest abortion clinic is about 45 minutes from my home. And the next one's about an hour. And the next one's about an hour and 15. And in all different directions. But if you go to any of those abortion clinics, you're going to say people among people among people walking into them. And it is heartbreaking, as I mentioned earlier. So Illinois is definitely needing some help, some extra prayers. And so I am so grateful you're coming to us because we need it. We'll take it. Um, My next question for you, we got two more, is what is something you want to see in the future of the pro-life movement? Well, I want to see every state in America be abortion-free. I want to see our pro-life states pass more uh, pro-life legislation. Let's close all these loopholes. Uh, Let's make it to where um, doctors in Texas who wish to do abortions in other states, let's take away their medical license here in Texas if they choose to do that. Uh, let's, Let's pass laws that restrict abortion trafficking in other states. So we're doing that in the city and county level here in Texas, but I want to see a state law here and in other states as well that prohibit abortion trafficking, period. Uh, I want us to to go after the abortion assistance groups uh, in conservative uh, states. Uh, in every single state that we can do this, uh, let's, uh, let's not stop. You know, we I used to run track and we were always taught in track that you don't stop running before you get to the finish line. You keep running past the finish line. And, you know, we needed to keep on doing that. And of course, the end of the race is not the overturning of Roe v. Wade. It's the end of abortion in America. We got ways to go. And until we live in a country where our neighbors are taken care of, until we live in a country where we are truly abortion free, then we got a lot of work to do. And now is not the time for retirement and now is not the time uh, to sit back and relax. Um, I I don't go on vacations. I don't criticize those who do, uh, but there's just a lot of work to be done. And we've, we've got, we got to do it. Yeah, there is a lot of work to be done. I think you're absolutely right. I think that there was a bit of a fear that, I don't know, personally, when I, what I saw is I knew that there was a bit of fear that when Roe was overturned, people would be set free from their obligations to fight for the unborn. But I don't know. I think personally, I've seen 
more activism. I've seen more excitement because people are realizing that we can win because we did win a big battle and we can continue to. And that it's not that crazy. If abortion is not a fundamental right, then 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 it must not be a fundamental right even by the states. Um, so we, I think that we really do have a hope that, that we can actually get something done. So I think that there's been a lot of great activism, but I don't think that it's enough. And the overturning of Roe was not good enough. And it, you know, it was a great win. I don't, I don't say that it's not, but I think that we have a lot more we need to be doing, we could be doing, and we need to just do it. We need to buckle down and do it. And I'm not, I'm not removed from this. I am very much part of this. I, even in my day-to-day life, I'm looking at it like, oh my gosh, there is so much more I could be doing week by week, day by day, you know, and I'm I'm going to make those changes. I am making those changes because I can see, hey, I have free time now. Let's, I'll figure something out. I could be working on a project or I can get out to a campus and sharing the reality of abortion or even just praying for the unborn. So I think that you're absolutely right. We need to just keep working at it harder and harder. And that leads me into my next question is what is something simple I or the listeners can do for the pro-life movement? Well, one thing that I think is extremely helpful is to to just speak out on the local level. What I always encourage people to do as I'm going all over the United States, uh, I send people to this website that I have called sanctuarycitiesfortheunborn.com. And on that website, I encourage people to sign the online petition to see abortion outlawed where they live. And I encourage them to share their story. And all throughout America, Uh, we see that everyone has a story of why they're against abortion. And the two most common stories that we get, uh, people say they're against abortion because um, God's law, which is a great answer. It's a great answer. I mean, uh, some people criticize people for having that answer, but it's, there should be nothing wrong with saying that you're against something because God's against it. Uh, The other answer we hear a whole lot of is this recognition that abortion is murder. And this is something that people recognize this. People have stories. I was at a meeting uh, here in Lano uh, on Sunday in Lano, Texas. And a lady came up to me and she said in early 1970s, she had an illegal abortion. And she said that she has regretted it for her entire life. And I said, well, are you using that horrible situation and, and spinning it for the good? Are you, are you sharing with others uh, your regret and, and then how you've found uh, healing in Jesus Christ? And she said, absolutely. And, and so the sharing of those stories, um, we can't be silent. Uh, we have to be louder now than we've ever have been. Uh, this, is, this is that moment where we're close to a victory of seeing abortion shut down in every state in America, our team, the pro-life team, we should be cheering one another from the stands uh, all around uh, in each battle that's being fought. And because we're close, we're close to winning this massive Super Bowl of the ages. And I do believe we can see abortion shut down in all of America. We just got to, we got to be in the game. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on today and joining us on the Simply Pro-Life podcast. I'm so grateful to have you on. Uh, is there anything you want to plug as in social media, email, website, anything along those lines? Absolutely. I already mentioned the website, sanctuarycitiesforunborn.com, but let me just do a, a plug in, in honor of, of our, our grandparents. Um, you know, if you're a grandparent uh, watching this, know that the small things that you do uh, can really impact your grandchildren. And so to grandparents everywhere, we thank you for playing such a massive roles in our lives and leading us to take part in the, the saving of, of so many unborn children. I love that. I love that a lot. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Simply Pro-Life podcast. If you like this episode, I encourage you to leave a rate and review and to share the episode. Also, feel free to follow me on social media. It is at Simply Pro-Life on Instagram and at underscore Hope Miller on Instagram. If you want to get on the podcast or have any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and shoot me an email. It is hope at simplyprolife.org. We'll see you again next week on the Simply Pro-Life podcast. Thank you.